Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper, a series of interviews with financial consultants and industry experts helping financial advisors strategize, market, and grow their business using core fitness values and analogies. Do something today that your future self will thank you for with Get Advisor Fit. Here's your host, Olivia Looper. Welcome back to Get Advisor Fit, where we encourage you to lift heavy, invest often, and market your ass off. Today, I am joined by another financial advisor marketer, Daniel Kiever. Is that how you say your last name? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pretty straightforward. And we recently became friends on Instagram because we both are, I just called us the anti-canned content crew. <laughs> we are very adamant about advisors creating or having someone create for them content that is personalized to them and reflective of their brand. But that's stuff that we'll get into in our conversation. Daniel Kiever is the president of Evergreen Financial Marketing, a specialized full-service marketing agency for financial advisors and RIAs. And he has this amazing bio, which I'm going to share in the caption so you can read down more about Daniel or listen along. Daniel, tell us a little bit about yourself and about your company, how it started and how is it going? Yeah. So I think the the fun part of being on the entrepreneurial side of the ball is you get to wake up and decide what you want to do every day. Then in the words of one of my mentors that you get to work half days, they let you pick the first 12 hours or the second 12 hours. Um, our, our business Evergreen is actually an offshoot of what was the original, uh, original like, general agency shell. Um, When we launched the company initially, we had clients in over a dozen industries, everything from private jet travel to uh, mechanical engineering, to financial advisors, to soccer clubs. Like we, we took everybody and it started off going pretty well, but then we started realizing the more we dug into our clients and their clients and our deal personas that to really help someone grow, you have to know their clients as well as they do. Um, and despite my best efforts, I don't think I've ever really achieved expertise in something like mechanical engineering while also understanding people with millions and sometimes billions of dollars in the private jet travel. So I just think that's, it's too many things to really understand. And so a number of years ago, we did a pivot and said, who are our favorite clients? It was financial advisors. Whose industry do we know really well? <coughs> Um, financial advisors, actually, I'm, my dad is a financial advisor. I never won a game of Monopoly growing up. It was awful. Um, <laughs> but we knew the industry. We liked the clients. And we basically said, look, between the compliance barrier and just kind of the, the, I'll say this affectionately, archaic nature of the marketing landscape at times, we're like, there's some opportunity. <laughs> you, you're in the weeds, you know it full well. So we decided to pivot and it was so funny. Our, our growth trend had kind of been slow, but steady for our general agency. And the minute we got into financial planning, there, the, the need was so evident and we never even had to start marketing. We, people just started sending us clients and referrals and stuff. So today, I think we do something pretty similar to what you do. We might just approach it in different service models, um, but Evergreen exists to give power back to advisors when it comes to how they grow their business. Um, So much of the industry, like we'll get into in a second, is very pre-written or template-based. And it's also one of the most relational industries you can have. 
And so it's kind of a, to use a soundbite from one of our uh, one of our clients we were talking to. They said we just struggle because we built our business on personal connection for 20 years, and this scrubs our brand of everything that has made us successful. Like in a soundbite, that's that's what we're here to push back against. But we're focused on giving the advisors the tools and the support to accomplish that in real life. Yeah, absolutely. And just to piggyback on that, I think. <clears throat> Yesterday, when I was talking with a friend of mine, we were talking about something similar and um, the conversation about um, like the personalization and advisor marketing came up. And it is pretty ironic that in an industry that's built on relationships, the marketing options that are out there nullify any you know like you said scrub is basically such a disconnect it just you know scrubs any individuality and i think that part of our jobs too and and correct me like if i'm wrong or if you feel a different way but um in in being like the the person doing the marketing strategy this way sometimes it has i'm almost feel like um a coach of sorts like almost coaching people to like embrace who they are and and be okay with sharing that with other people because for so long um like you said the the relational side of the business was like in person but now that everything is digital you kind of have to like translate that over but at the same token the financial services industry in general has it's lagging there's a huge delay between the business model and the marketing side yeah, absolutely. So I think that part of our jobs too as marketing strategists is to help them like be okay with putting themselves front and center of yeah. that marketing plan because it's not necessarily comfortable for them. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the things. So we were one of the early adopters on when it was still 20 over 10 as a website yeah. platform. Um, and I loved the philosophy. They, they had a very similar philosophy to what we had as um, the website building side of financial advisors was so difficult to use. It was clunky. It was ugly. And 20 over 10 came along and said, what if we brought the best of the non-advisor world and empowered it with the compliance and archiving and things like that? And so with that, we moved all of our clients to 20 over 10. Um, we paid for some of the website rebuilds for our clients just to put them on the platform. We loved it so much. Um, and to be fair, we still actually really like the 20 over 10 FMG environment it gives a really simple, they can do some, we can do some platform. But what's interesting, so I, I say this with affection for the platforms, is that the business model for them is how can we make this ma- make something mass available for a website template? Right. Not everyone needs mm-hmm. a custom coded website. That's Correct. fine. But when you get into content, how mm-hmm. can we make something mass available? And they say you can personalize it. And there's truth to that. You can put your there name, yeah. put your, like there, there is things you can do, but what has, what we have to push back against, and this is my little soapbox, is that to market this con- these content libraries and these things, they've replaced a really important word. Rather than saying, we have this resource for you, they say, we have a strategy for you. Right. Rewritten content is a resource you can use. It is not a marketing strategy, especially you said there is no replacement for your personal connection. There was a a study that was done that said in the ballpark of 90 plus percent of your interactions with your clients as a financial 
advisor are digital. So like we even at times with our clients don't call it your marketing strategy. We call it your client relationship strategy. If 90% of their relationship with you is digital, yeah. you can't outsource your face. Right. <laughs> like content right. writing is the one thing you can get away with a little bit because there's a voice behind it, mm-hmm. but your face needs to be in here somewhere. Yeah. So that's something that when I started my business in 2018, the model was built primarily on written content, right? Because people were doing video, but it wasn't like as prevalent. We were still in the phase in 2018 of trying to convince advisors that they needed a digital presence. Now, don't get me wrong. I know this is still a conversation we're having with people, which is not ideal, but it's we've come a long way. Um, so when we first started in 2018, a, a lot of our strategy was written content and that's easy. You, I mean, easy. Um, it's easier to, you know, if you're a good writer, you should be able to capture the voice, you know, yeah. it's there's, some people, there's, some, there's some writers that'll get closer to your voice than others, but a little trial and error here and there, whatever. But then, you know, as things have evolved and, and TikTok came along and short videos and reels and all of these things. And I mean, there is no replacement for your face. So we had to sort of say, well, how can we help advisors get this kind of thing accomplished? You know, knowing what we know about them, which is they wear a lot of, you know, most solo RAAs or small, you know, multi-firm, multi-advisor RAAs um, are wearing a lot of hats already. They don't know what to do with their marketing strategy. They just know that they need to be doing something. Um, And if you've got someone that is willing to take the help, then how can we provide this help in the best way possible? So we sort of evolved in like, we'll write a script and say, okay, here's the instructions. All you have to do is sit down, open the teleprompter app. Um, You know, I tell them exactly, put your phone this way, make sure there's a light, make sure there's no, (laughs) all of this stuff. You get all the instructions. All you have to do is read the script. And then give it to me. I'll add the caption. We'll make it, you know, so things have definitely um, evolved. And I'm trying to go not stray too far from the point, which is that you <laughs> place your face. Yeah. And but you can get people to help you put it out there, you know, to make sure that you're doing it, you know, and not just saying, oh, well, this is a lot of work. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And this is, this is the thing for us. And this is what kills me. I, f- I feel like you understand this perfectly from the smaller portion of, of your personal brand that I understand. When I got into financial advisor marketing, I quickly realized that like in other industries where we're running like tons of Google ads, doing heavy technical SEO, things like that, I can do the work. With financial advisor marketing, I'm less of like a marketing vendor and almost more like a fitness coach. We're like, I can't make you do the reps, yeah. but I can give you the knowledge, structure, support, inspiration to get you going. And so like, it, it sounds like your model is very similar. We do something just slightly different. Um, we work with a content agency that helps us with graphic design and video editing. We have to coax the, a lot of the advisors that we work with from like some of them, they can talk about 45, like 45 minutes, any topic. They're just yeah. very verbose people. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, some advisors are like, I've never been on a camera and like, I can talk about any of these topics, but you hit record and my brain goes to mush. I'm kind of the same way. Like conversation easy. I sit down to do my content days and I'm like, Ooh, 10 minutes. That was like, I get like two minutes left of the content out of it. Yeah. But what, what we do for some of these people that are really nervous about it is we literally like there's, you can do a teleprompter or you can print the script yeah, and you can read one line at a time, like minimal memorization, no, like make it as 
simple as possible and then fix as much as we can in editing. Yeah, it's yeah. not well, but then you can yeah. use that kind of stuff to turn that in. You talk about a framework for advisors. You, you work with uh, transcriptions to turn it into blogs. You work with graphic design to turn it into a social media content strategy. And the pitch that we give on the organic content side for our advisors is if you can give me 10 minutes a week and one topic, I can give you a multi-platform marketing campaign that is plastered with your personal expertise, face, name, brand, all of that. And for most advisors, I think what is, is a little bit surprising to them is that 10 minutes is all the input that's needed if you're working with the right partner. Right. The other thing that surprises them is that I'll give you the full content process that we do to multiply like these, like you are 10 minutes into all this content. And I bet maybe not as well as we could do it. I'd like to think that, but your communication person who also wears 15 other hats could do this for you in-house. Like this, the process is there. It's just a matter of how like our, our added value is the strategy is the vision is the brand cultivation. Um, but it is funny. Advisors just don't think it's possible until you sit down. And you're like, listen, like both ears here, like you can do this. Here is how makes a huge difference to their brand. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that also like in their doing it and seeing that it works, they get a confidence boost. Right. And then when they start to see the needle move, it's really exciting. And then they get, you know, um, more, you know, they see more engagement in social media or they get someone who's booked a call through their Calendly. And it's like that all the confidence leads to the momentum and they just fuel each other and everything goes swimmingly, you know, and hopefully that's the way we, we want it to go for everybody. It's, it's um, everyone just add this too. like the, it's again, so similar to the fitness side. Most people quit at the very beginning because the thing that drives people to stay consistent is liking the results they're seeing. Yeah. And so it's kind of like when you're on the marketing side, it's the, I put three videos out in the last like six weeks. I don't think it worked. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, this is not really the way it works. So actually it's funny that you brought that up because I've been writing a lot about cadence, right? Like mm-hmm. how often should you be posting? How often should you be emailing? How much is too much? Because I don't know about you, but some of the pushback I get is like, should we really be sending this many emails? Like advisors are a little afraid that they're going to annoy people. And I get that. But I think that there's also the side that's like, okay, this is the way of the world now. Like people are, if they subscribe to your email list or they download your lead magnet, they expect to get emails afterwards from you. Like that's part of, you know, it's the same thing if you, uh, you know, give somebody your phone number for the 10% discount on something you're buying. You fully expect that you're going to get text messages. Like they opted in for this. You know, you need to take advantage of, nurturing that lead, you know, through emails or whatever. Um, so just out of curiosity, I guess, so we're on the topic. Um, what do you think is a good cadence for advisors as far as like social media, emails, things like that? Like what's a good base recommendation you think that it's a good number for most people? So I think there's two ingredients. One is what your audience expects, exactly like what you said. And two is what's sustainable. Because I feel like it's the, if I say I'm going to work out every day for the next 18 years and I, it's like you missed day three and you're like, oh, I guess the next 18 years, okay, there has to be a, okay, I can commit to this. Um, I would say where we start clients is weekly emails um, and a, if it's social media, usually three posts a week in terms of that's on the low end. Yeah. Um, some people, we find tools that it's like, all right, blow it up. Like your people love this. So we just had a client uh, last week. 
So they were concerned about launching a newsletter because they were like, I haven't emailed all these people like this before. I have a list of like 5,000 and I'm stuck because like none of them are used to a newsletter from me. But at the same time, the alternative is not saying anything. <laughs> right. It is. Well, but it's so funny because like we started doing that, got some good feedback. But what we explored was the new LinkedIn newsletter. We've started to love that because where people might be hesitant to give you their email, if they don't want like emails in their inbox, that's fine. They don't give you their email to connect with you or to sign up for a LinkedIn newsletter, but they're getting push notifications every time you post one and an email in their inbox from you via LinkedIn. And so we're like, you know what, like, let's just out of curiosity, let's push your, your LinkedIn, uh, let's make it a LinkedIn newsletter and say, we've been growing our list kind of slow. This might be less friction. Let's try it out. She had 900 subscribers in the first three days. Wow. I had I had serious marketer envy. I was like, that's never worked for me. That's remarkable. I mean, but, I know. I'm like, I need to go. To, where's my newsletter? On <laughs> but that's the thing is like for her, her newsletter is genuinely one of the more value packed ones I've ever seen. And her audience really likes her. So she can get away with more. Yes. And, start, and this is the thing is like marketing is not a pass fail test from the start. Let's just say that. I like you, that. I like that. It, let's just say you start out at once a week and you start with an email list you haven't hit before. Like you're just starting your newsletter. You have your permission to email them, but like day one, you get a higher unsubscribe rate than you want, which to be fair happens when you're emailing a cold list that's yeah. baked into the cake. You don't panic. It is, yeah. But every, once, every once in a while, we have a client that they've been going for a while. And then you start to see that unsubscribe rate tick up 1% per email, 2% per email. That's when you say, okay, it's not a failed test. You just start to throttle back a little bit and see if there's another avenue that you can communicate. And it's not just like, again, the open rate or the click rate is not the be all end all of your marketing. It's one health metric. So like when you're talking about what is getting people at the end of the funnel to reach out, to start conversations, you're kind of like, okay, we got to get this, this car moving. We can't steer it while it's parked. So I'd rather say, let's have a starting point and then feel it out from there. But For advisors, I think they have a lot more comfort when they have someone who knows the tools, knows the platforms, knows the norms, guiding that correction process. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that 100%. And talking about these health metrics, right? So a lot of uh, questions that I get a lot is for advisors, from advisors is how do you measure, like prospects I'm talking to, how do you measure success? And so I tell them, okay, well, obviously the end goal is we want people to book a call. That's, you know, for me, that's where my job, I get the people to book the call with you. You take it from there. I mean, obviously we still are nurturing them through the emails and social media, all those types of things, but theoretically speaking, that's sort of my territory, right? So, but along the way, there's different KPIs that we measure that are different to use your terminology, health metrics. And they're, you know, you check each one, see how they're going, make sure that they're trending in the right direction. Um, I personally am not a fan of like monthly KPI reporting. I go by the quarter because I tell advisors, this is a long game. Um, One month to two months to three months. I mean, you're not going to see a lot of change right in the beginning. I mean, well, let me get, let me rephrase that. You will see thousands of percents of change in the beginning, but um that's if you're like theoretically going from like nothing to something like everybody's going to get a super big bump in the beginning um, for web traffic or, you know, uh, email open rates, things like that are just going to be through the roof because you haven't been doing anything and you're going from nothing to something. But um, 
over time, I do quarterly. So what do you, how do you feel about KPI tracking? How often do you guys do it? So I'll preface this by saying I've seen a lot of different things work for a lot of different agencies. Um, we are actually kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum, but with the same philosophy. We do every two weeks, not because the clients can tell a lot. <laughs> I use the same graphs advisors use when they're telling people not to freak out about the stock market. Like, right. oh, like it dropped 70%. Like, no, yeah. it like the day-to-day change is not what you're watching. The 20-year change is. Right. Now, it's hard to get someone to buy into like, well, we have 20-year plans. Like they know that it's a long-term plan. So what we do is we have a, a live automated dashboard that pulls in like all their platforms and stuff. And every two weeks, we have like, so we, every Monday, we have a check-in that via email, which talks about task lists, things that I need from them, or just so that they have a line of sight into the work we're doing. Okay. just gives people more peace for us. But every two weeks, we add in notes that we're saying like, look, we wanted to float this this uh, topic on your email newsletter. Here's the, it's been a week now. Let's see what the open rate was on that. Um, by the way, we've been weaving in this topic over the last four months, once a month. So we have like, you want to get a same, you have to get the sample size correct, but you're trying to gauge step-by-step step what are small nudges. Yeah. I think the best way I can describe it on performance is panicked marketing is like someone who does a nine point turn trying to pull out of a parking spot. Like it's forward, backward, forward, turn. Like yeah. there's no momentum. Right. I told one of our clients that uh, KPIs are more like steering a boat. If you steer a boat yep. right and left, yep. And right and left yep. like, I know exactly everyone on the boat hates you. But if you nudge it a little bit so that you miss that buoy, like that's fine. Yeah. And so we're saying like, we're taking every, every two weeks, we're looking at what's immediately in front of us and a long perspective backwards and saying, these are things that we think nudge us in the right direction. And we save the harsh pivots based on data for more dramatic opportunity-based focuses. Yeah. Okay. No, I see what you're saying. That's definitely, that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess I do the same thing in the same way, but it's not like we don't have our, like a formal marketing meeting over it. Those I save for the quarterly. We don't, Um, we don't have formal marketing meetings except for once a month like that. This is just in an email we bullet point along with the dashboard. Like these are just a few things I want to point out just to you're seeing the connection. And honestly, I mean, you know this too. It's more about keeping clients at peace, knowing that we have a close eye on things and less right. about we're changing your strategy dramatically based on the last two weeks of data. Yeah. And I think that one thing that this thought that this leads me to is that, um, you know, we talk about a lot in the advisor industry, like consumers are not super trusting of the financial services industry in general. Um, and I think that and now from the financial advisor perspective, it's hard. It, financial advisors are not super trusting of people in marketing in general. I would think because, <laughs> because they pay for things that they uh, that companies have said, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. But then they're not coming back and they're not doing any reporting or monitoring. So the advisor's like, well, I don't know how any of this works. This guy said, you know, we would grow my social media, but nothing has happened. And they say they're doing this. And it's one of those things, especially with social media management, where it's like, well, what's happening? And I think that, you know, it's important for for us people who are not shysty business people (laughs) to make sure that we are communicating with advisors about what's happening so that, you know, to build that trust and to show them that, their money is being put together. No, no financial advisor would get away with telling their clients, I'm not saying you do this, but like no financial advisor would yeah. get away with saying, uh, we'll check in on your stocks every three months. Like they, yeah. they, 
they, people know that the advisors have a pulse on what's going on day by day, even if they're only doing annual check-ins or quarterly financial reports. And whether you do it under contract or just part of your rhythm, just as long as your clients know that there is an intelligent, active hand guiding their strategy based on data where we're analyzing success or need to pivot, things like that, you just it's a, it's a communication game at that point. Yeah. So one of the things that I would definitely like to ask you is what do you think um, for the advisor who's out there right now thinking, wow, it's the end of the year and I really need to um, do my strategic planning for the next year. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, where my marketing budget is going to be best spent. What would you tell that advisor who's sitting there thinking, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? I know I need to do some marketing, but I'm not sure where to turn. That is a great question. I think it depends on the size of the firm you're talking about. There are some people, we every entrepreneur knows that there's a season when starting out where you need to pay your dues and there's a lot more DIY in that window. Um, so if that's someone who's just starting out and you are you don't have a huge client deck where you're trying to, uh, like you're so focused on serving them and you have the extra time, there's a lot that's easy to do DIY. It might not be the best thing you've ever made in your life, but it's it's moving you forward. Once you start getting sophisticated enough in your brand and or your client base that you need to work on the marketing side, <clears throat> I think the challenge is that a lot of people will pay for a short timeline like coaching or um, like a brand project, like a new website. Like we, we got to start with something like this, but they have no plan to leverage it. It's like purchasing an asset. I'm going to purchase a car and then I'm not going to drive it. Right. So I think when you're talking about where do I start, there might be certain things that you need to invest in. Like you might need to invest in a new website, things like that, but you never make that decision on an island. You say, what do I want to do? I say for the next six months of marketing, um, 12 months is fun. Six months make, makes people breathe easier. Yeah. Um, but you want to say, what assets do we have? We, we do a four stage plan. I'll, sh- I'll just, I'll share this. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Stage one is your brand and your customer alignment is how we present ourselves lining up with the kind of co- the kind of client that is what we want to build the business around, whether that's household income size, the specialization, things like that, is our brand resonating just from messaging and philosophy. And then you do your inventory of your website or what social media platform should we be on? Which one should we not be on? Things like that. Number two is how are you actively enlarging that brand footprint? Um, so for us, like, we have one client who works with pharmaceutical executives. LinkedIn is a treasure trove. We actively have outreach campaigns, not even like messaging campaigns, but just connection campaigns to constantly add pharmaceutical executives to his, his uh, network. And so things like that, we're saying, we know who we want to talk to. We have like some the branding in place to do it. Let's do outreach. Number three is content strategy. And this is like we said a thousand times, consistency. What is your process and commitment to yourself and your business that enables you to consistently represent and fine tune your messaging. Um, that's a lot of our actual work. And then number four is what is the call to action strategy? What do you actually want them to do? Because um, a lot of times people will just put things out onto the internet and have no actual what next for people who yes. are interested. So if you can get your brand alignment, your out like your enlarging your larger footprint strategy, um, your messaging and engagement, and your call to action strategy. If you can kind of have those four things working as one system, you can fine tune where you're like, look, I can shoot talking head videos all day, but the moment I look at web design, I, I croak, like, or I have no idea how to set up a lead magnet, things like this. 
you pinpoint the things you can do or that you want to have control over, and then you bring in specialized hands that can move your strategy forward. Right. I like that. So, of course, having the end goal in mind, what is it that you want to achieve? What are the tools that are going to get you there? And then if you have the budget and you're not in the, you know, startup DIY if you're out of that phase, then which professionals can I find to help me do that? And I think that that's definitely a good way to look at it, especially for advisors who, you know, are, I mean, even advisors who have been in business for a while, because like you said, they built 20, 30 years, a business on not digital referral, you know, things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a whole new ball field for them. Um, and, you know, sure, they use Facebook or LinkedIn or whatever, but not in a way that there's like a cohesive strategy behind what they're doing. And I think that that's important to to add on to some of the thoughts that I've been posting lately is like, yes, I say you should be in part of the conversation every day, but with some sort of strategy behind that, too. You need the, the strategy is saying we know what resources are, we know where their purpose is. That way, you're not you're not putting an offensive lineman lined up at wide receiver. Like you know the strengths and weaknesses of each, and you align every resource you're leveraging in the right sequence. And that's that's where people start to see results. Yeah, absolutely. And then, like, just I was speaking about this recently too. It kind of goes along with this. Is that um, when you do find something that works for you, don't be afraid to double down on that. Like, you know, if you're saying, okay, well, I'm having really good luck with, like you said, the LinkedIn newsletter. Okay. So she should definitely continue with that. If she, you know, if she has to eliminate something, go see what's not working and then, you know, take it off your plate, especially if you're someone who's not outsourcing the tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and that way, you know, you're just, Yes, we want to diversify, but we also want to be realistic and say we're we're not going to put keep throwing money into something that's not working. Um, so yeah, so I think this is all really good information. Um, one more thing that I would like to cover, if you don't mind, for, uh, for the for the advisor who is, um, I see okay, I see a lot of times with you know shiny object syndrome or the panic marketing like. Oh, maybe I should rebrand. <laughs> okay, hold up. <laughs> so when is it appropriate for advisors, in your opinion, to consider a rebrand? And when should he probably just be re-strategizing? Excellent question. Um, I think the best parallel I can say to this is there are days where I have to put Zillow just fully off my phone. We live in a nice, like cute little rancher and it's got nothing wrong with it. We got the mortgage, pay, more the interest rates from before COVID, like, but every day I'm on Zillow, like, oh, that house is for sale. Oh, that house <laughs> is for sale. And it's just kind of like, or if you like something about that house, adopt it into your, do a home improvement project. A thousand dollars is very different than half a million. Like there's, it's, you just start to see the disproportionate value that you place on like a whole new, a whole new. And there's way more value on using what you have. Now, we have one advisor who hadn't redone their branding when they came to us in 20 years and their website ended, like they were a $300 million solo advisor practice. And they had like sentences that stopped halfway on their homepage. Like it was just- No way. They had been so successful in the relationship wow. front and we needed to- uh, So like things like that, where it's like, it's hard to say as a general rule, 
But right. I would say 90% of the time, it's not your branding. 90% of the time, it's a relationship issue. And so like, I'll give you one other example is like sometimes advisors say, like, I've been trying this content marketing on my own. I feel like I'm talking to the choir and I'm not reaching new clients. Then he's like, do I need to rebrand? Is it like, is it me? Do they not like me? Like that right, kind of right. thing. It's like the, the next step after that isn't to like redo the whole website. It's like, let's talk about centers of influence. Like who do you, do you know CPAs that you can do marketing overlap with? Do you know estate attorneys that you could have a joint event together? School counselors talking about saving for college. There's so many things that are better utilizations of your time and your money than a new website. So. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm all about having a functional website that's modernized, not too many words, enough visuals that people can get it, you know, all of the best practices kind of things. But um, yeah, a rebrand, I feel like is, is, it sort of reminds, it sort of goes along with the Zillow thing, right? Like you, why do we like looking at these fancy houses? Because we like imagining our lives in them. Like the story that we see ourselves in that house is why we want to buy, right? So I think that as an advisor, they say, oh, well, I want this other result. So I must have to change everything. And that's not necessarily the case. Like you said, you can do a home improvement project in, you know, do do a messaging re you know go through your messaging with somebody make sure that you're actually reaching the people that you want to work with like there are a ton of different little things that you can do within what you're already doing it doesn't necessarily have to be a complete overhaul and mm-hmm. no i mean also a reminder that yeah it isn't you necessarily um, yeah, there are going to be people that don't like you, but chances are that there are things that you can fix to tweak your your systems and processes so that you have a more successful marketing strategy. I had, I'm sorry, I just going to squeeze this last one in. I yeah, had yeah. That talked about uh, remembering being single when we talked about this conversation. And they said uh, there was like just this window where they were really struggling with self-confidence, things like that. They're like, do I need to change my wardrobe? Do I need a new haircut? And their friend was like, no, you need to leave the house. <laughs> yes. like, you can have the best haircut and the best wardrobe, but if you are not out meeting new people and scanning for candidates, like you're not going to find what you're looking for. And I think yeah, that so sums that's it like, up pretty well. It does sum it up pretty well. And that also reminds me of an advisor like who's like, oh, I got this lead magnet. I'm going to put it on my website. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, is anybody coming to your website? You're going like, to find an accident? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, and they're like, well, uh, uh, there, was, there was like... Uh, Gosh, I wish I could remember the conversation I had recently, but it was like, um, he was he was talking about something about his website, and I was like, well, that's all well and good, but we got to get people there first. Why so step two of like, our strategy is how are you expanding your footprint? Like constant yeah. activity, expand your footprint. Yeah, and I mean, of course, we don't want to. You want to spend a bunch of money sending people to an archaic website that's not set up for conversion. It'll or hurt your like reputation. That. That's not good. <laughs> right, but. Yes, the website only is going to work if people get to it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, you have a great haircut, you have a great wardrobe. Let's leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's so funny. But um, I'm so glad we got a chance to talk today. Thank you for joining me. I feel like we have probably talked for hours. So I'll probably just have to have you on again. We'll have to talk again. Um, but I think this is going to be great, especially for advisors who are, you know, making their plans for next year to get some ideas about um, where they should be focusing their efforts. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell our audience really quick where they can find you in case they need your help? 
Yeah. Um, so easiest place is evergreenfm.com. It's ever it's like evergreen financial marketing, evergreenfm.com. Um, and for uh, your listeners, we are just about getting ready to unveil a new guide. Um, it is a step-by-step, all the resources, all the websites and, and things that we use for our content engine for advisors that lets them take a five to 10 minute unpolished, unedited video. Um, our clients, they send it to us, but they can do this in-house and turn it into articles, social media, email. Um, and the best part is your support staff can take it after you film the t- five to 10 minute video. So we're about to publish this guide. We're doing some final polish on it. Um, but that's something that we'd love to share with anybody who's listening. Yeah, absolutely. And if you if you have your landing page or whatever for that guide and you want to share it, I'd be happy to put it in the show notes so that anybody can access it who's listening. Um, and you guys know where to find me, lexiconcontentdevelopment.com or on Instagram at lexiconcontentdevelopment or LinkedIn because those are the two places I hang out. Of course, on LinkedIn, it's under my personal profile, Olivia Looper. Um, but I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions, you can drop them in the comments and we'll get back to you ASAP. Thank you again for joining me and we'll do this again soon. I'll see you around. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Get Advisor Fit with Olivia Looper. To learn more about Olivia and how her firm, Lexicon Content Development, can help you, visit lexiconcontentdevelopment.com. If you want to reach out to Olivia on LinkedIn, you can find her at Olivia Looper Lexicon. And if you'd like to follow Olivia on Instagram, you can find her at Lexicon Content Development. Till next time.